my sleeve Cause I know the routine So grab that syringe And give me that vaccine uh, Yeah, I got my V-card That's the vaccine card Really was so hard So hard Now I got my V-card There's a whole world to see Cause I'm finally free Hello and good evening my name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who can help you find the method of the madness. Reason and the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how'd you like that lovely, lovely rendition of what was the original song? I have no idea. <laughs> Great. It sounded vaguely familiar, but I, I don't know. Sometimes that shit just blends together. Yeah. A little too obscure Disney for me to, to pick up on. I'm sure uh, like a, a huge Disney fan would really, you know, they, they would know that like right offhand, but not me. So sorry. There we go. Confirm. None, none of us huge Disney fans. Yep. Uh, I'm unless Aaron. I'm pretty sure that her V card is actually vanilla ice cream. That bitch was 700 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She's uh, she's not a looker. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have a, a, a solid diaphragm to sing with a, a voice like that. Yeah, I think this you know, is like an opera lady. I, I think this is like a low budget kind of like they like Pfizer threw her like 200 bucks to, to write and sing this song and to produce it. It wasn't like a big budget thing like you see other people doing on social media. But yeah, this is bad. Yeah, she looks rough, dude. <laughs> it looks guys, like each one yeah. of her tits weighs as much as I do. Dude, disgusting. Yeah. Don't worry, she looked like that before the vaccine too. Oh, I know. These dude, <laughs> these people are getting worse and worse. Uh, well, it's just because the gyms are closed for a year, and like, oh, you know, that's like, all. People it was. were stuck in their house. Yeah, and so much yeah. good Netflix content. Oh my god, dude, she looks like every Netflix girl content. that told me they have a thyroid problem in high school. <laughs> <laughs> As they're like in between, like their third and fourth slice of pizza. <laughs> The good news, Aaron, is that she has another song oh, <laughs> about no, the vaccine. Same... Come on. <laughs> great news. Yeah, the great news. <laughs> let's kick that off real quick. Come on, come on, let's feel that unity. Together we can achieve herd immunity. Go and get your V-card. V-card. Really isn't so hard. So hard. Go and get your V-card. But a different come rendition of it. If you can get it laminated. <laughs> <laughs> Go and get your V card. I'll access pass I'm a VIP. Going to concerts, theaters, the DMV. Go and get oh. your V card. Oh. Airports, yeah, book rah. clubs, baby showers. What? Burn those PJs. Get a haircut. V card. Yeah, I got vaccinated, baby. <laughs> I mean, if if I weren't already vaccinated, that that would have convinced me. Oh God! Let's just say that much. The, the scene of her dancing on like the side yard of the house that she's currently residing in. Yeah, it's like one of those alley, <laughs> the, like the alleys between houses yeah. in the city. Yeah. So, like that's it's why only she's like, doing her uh, sweet music video. <laughs> it's only like three feet wide. There's like a fence and then the side of the house. <laughs> you like can't even get a good camera angle either. It's yeah, it's every alley you've ever seen. There's like a shitty fence with the vines on the side. There should be like like a fire escape and a. <laughs> and like where a bunch of garbage cans lined up for all the neighbors. God, that was that was horrible. We're getting less quality now. Is yeah, everyone giving going, up? It's just falling downhill at this point. I love it. I mean, it's because everyone's vaccinated. <laughs> the at this system point. is like, collapsing. You know. Everyone. 
second rate motivation i love how i can't believe well i didn't even love it it actually annoys me at how quickly everyone's like oh so no masks now and we're done with that like the same people that were screaming at people's faces three days ago are like yeah it's the masks are off they've always been off um that's not been my response actually because here in california uh, people are still very inclined to wear their masks really what's the percentage Oh, both. I don't know. Like it, it's like hit or miss depending on like which business you walk into here. It's like I, I usually just play it by ear. It's like if I see a staffer not wearing one, then I'm instantly not wearing one. But you know, ew. You yeah, still no, like, wear grocery, a mask grocery store here going into just, businesses just to go to the grocery Dude, the store. Guy, the guy stopped me when I walked into the Xfinity store today. Yeah. and like had me put on a mask. It was dumb. Did you tell him you're vaccinated? Like obviously I'm vaccinated. I mean it was it was obvious he was they just have some store policy. I I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Josh, just like go obviously stores. I'm vaccinated and how else will I be able to show the world that I'm vaccinated if I don't not wear my mask? So the only reason why I wear it to the supermarket is because A I just moved into the neighborhood and B it's a very affluent neighborhood so I'm not looking to piss anyone off just at the moment, but whenever I go to the other side of town, I just don't give a fuck. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to build a community over here, Aaron. <laughs> trying to get my get to know my neighbors and all that. Speaking of community, if you guys have a hot take for this show or something you want us to cover, call us at one eight three three six 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 nine eleven. That's one eight three three six 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 zero nine one one. Awesome. Uh, any voicemails this week? No, we recorded like three days ago because I, yeah, I know. I'm about to go to the flat Earth uh, meetup, so we had to we had to do a little rushed episode here. Aaron, if you put it out business cards yet? Uh, absolutely not. I have two days. Completely. Now. I'm gonna do his last minute like everything. Have to do his last. Absolutely at the last second. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm in the middle of sending out Great. wedding invites, man. I got I got shit going on over here. I gotta get ready this for this flat earth. <laughs> I had to get my camera stuff all together to make sure that was all charged and ready to go so I could do curvature tests with Kevin. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. That okay, that's the name of a show right there. Curvature curvature tests with Kevin. Ooh. Make sure to bring your barometer. Actually, let me ask you guys if this is a good how do you like this <laughs> test? We're gonna go we're gonna go to the lake. And I'm going to stand on one okay. side of the lake and have the camera maybe like a foot off the ground, basically, like real low. And go over the lake. And then Kevin's going to stand on the other side with a mirror. And we're going to see if we can catch the gleaming of him moving the mirror around from like 10, 15 miles, whatever we can pull off. Uh, wait, so the lake's like <laughs> five miles wide? Or what's, 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 what's the... Uh, Test you're doing. What, what are you trying to determine? If I can see Kevin holding a mirror. Because the curvature at 10 miles should what? be like... Uh, what's that? Let's see. 10, 100, 800 inches, which is what? How many in feet? I don't... I don't a lot. If, uh, like 70 feet? 65. Yes. 60, 70, yeah. yeah, right in that range. So, um, Kevin's tall, but he's not... He's not 65 <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> so, and then with a one foot observer height, it'll actually should be like 50 feet of curvature, but still. 
That's going to be our test that we're going to do this weekend. So I'll have oh, video of that for you guys. That'll be fun. Okay. Yeah, you get the barometer and the thermometer and some levels. Um, so you're actually like looking straight and shit. Um, and sure, yeah, I, I guess this sounds, sounds like fun. Um, it will be. It'll be a good time. But anyways, I'll, that's not. I'll what this remind week's about. Kevin. I'll remind Kevin to get the thermometer and barometer yeah, okay. because I know job, Aaron Bob. just doesn't give a shit about that. That. <laughs> <laughs> that variable whoa, whoa. in the you equation. You're suggesting Aaron doesn't give a shit about science? <laughs> Speaking of people who don't give a shit about science. I'm sure the humidity is exactly the same in, in from Buffalo to, to Texas. I'm sure it's the yeah. exact same humidity. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Important news. Yeah, We're yeah, actually doing my, a my kind of a news episode yes. today. Uh, you, Speaking of people who don't give a shit about science. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. <laughs> He trusts the science. He is the science. <laughs> he is the official face of science at this point. Yeah, yeah. he's the science. Yes. So, and uh, this, this morning, late breaking news, this morning, um, BuzzFeed released uh, out of a FOIA request, Freedom Information Act, uh, they got all of, like, what? Was it 3,200 or like 32,000? 3, 3,200 is what I heard for uh, emails. Okay. Yeah, they got all of his emails. Yeah, 3,200 pages of emails. Yeah. Because uh, he's a government official, and you are entitled to know what government officials are uh, discussing on their government emails in the course of their duty. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, they got it from a Freedom of Information Act yes. um, request. So, things are coming to light. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a few pretty, funny, pretty, funny instances pretty, here where Fauci really contradicts himself a few times. Yeah. And... Uh, it's actually very interesting to see the type of news reporting. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't say this to you guys earlier, but uh, I'm kind of a Glenn Greenwald uh, follower on Twitter. And his... Who's that? Uh, he, he's the guy that dropped the, the NSA spying um, uh, oh, story yeah, okay, I know. with yeah, okay. Edward Snowden. Yep, yep. Yeah. So he's he's one of like the like the last remaining journalists in in the United States, even though he's not like actually in the United States, he's in, I think Brazil, but anyway, regardless, like he's bringing up the same points. He was like, yeah, I'm just watching like the news media cover this. And it's, it's probably the funniest thing to see mainstream news, a cable news cover, uh, what's been leaked. It's, it's really great. Oh yeah. Oh, let's, let's honestly, let's go over some of the emails and then, Let's read CNN's take on it after everyone's gotten to hear some of these emails. Absolutely. So that we found a video of a guy that kind of like sums them up very nicely. So we'll just we'll be pulling most of our clips from that. But uh, yeah, just go ahead and let's let's play it and get get to the first email. Infectious diseases. We'll start with this email dated February 1st, 2020 from Dr. Fauci to one of the NIAID's muckety-mucks, Hugh Auschenklaas, ostensibly linked to this study from 2015 in the journal Nature, authored in part by Jingli Li Shi, a Chinese researcher known for gain-of-function research, and Ralph Barrick, an American researcher who has also performed gain-of-function research. The title of the paper is called A SARS-like Cluster of Circulating Bat Coronaviruses Shows Potential for Human Emergence. The email from Dr. Fauci reads, quote, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on, read this paper, as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Thanks, 
Tony. Later in the day, Hugh Altincross emails Fauci, quote, The paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Not sure what that means, since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. She will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. Fauci responded to the email, quote, Okay, stay tuned. Next up is... Oh. <laughs> wow, that, that was pretty heavy, like right out of the get-go. <laughs> so the NIH apparently approved gain-of-function research in a particular lab in a particular city in China um, years after uh, it was made illegal in the United States to do that. In 2014, right? Yeah. And that's why the guy's response is like, I, I'm going to see if these were all before it was banned. Uh, and if it's not, we're looking into it. Like, he's looking into it immediately. But the NIH approved it post it being banned. Well, and I also I also love how, like, the, the first email, he was like, we got to, he's like, you need to read this now, watch this video. And he was like, we got a lot of things to do today. <laughs> It was like, it's very urgent, and it sounds very, like, mafia-esque. <laughs> oh, yeah, the paper shredders are going burr that day. <laughs> I mean, it's a pandemic situation. Of course yeah. it's going to be uh, urgent. I mean, all you have to do is, like, read between the lines with, like, what's being said in all these emails. That's why, like, it's it's hard. Th this video that we're watching um, actually posts the email that... Um, was given in the FOIA request as he's like referring to it. Um, and so you actually get to read it. And I highly suggest reading these because they are hilarious. Like just actually seeing what they say w without the idea that someone's listening in is so telling. And they're even so subtle about it because they know it's a government email. They know that this can be like, this can come out. I mean, it's business email too. Like at, at work, how you know direct or um, yeah, what, what level of courtesy like, and uh, professionality are you going to have at work versus you know on the phone or via other modes of communication? Yeah, it's a it's a so, work yeah. email. But that I love that the very first thing is like immediately trying to figure out if they have any involvement in this gain of function research and to immediately try to cover their tracks as exactly what they're talking about right now yeah let's be completely honest about the the urgency in that first email like with what i was bringing up he was like we need to cover this up as soon as possible so it's in dr fauci's best interest right now to downplay a gain of function research in a specific city in a specific lab in a specific country <laughs> Regarding a certain disease that had that they apparently were doing gain of function research on a coronavirus from a bat. That's that's the article. That's what he links him. By the way, he links him uh, an article about a bat coronavirus that could potentially spread to humans. Like that's the that's the paperwork he wants him to review to make sure that they're not involved in that. In that, it's pretty funny. The guy who was very sure until this month that there was no way that this was lab-grown. And they weren't even sponsoring gain-of-function research at all because that's illegal, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, obviously, since the email was marked urgent, uh, his crony got that dealt with that day. He 
uh, got to the bottom of it, found out that there was no involvement, no sponsoring or funding of uh, said research. Um, and, uh, you know, end, end of story, right? February 2nd, 2020, end of story. Oh, yeah. Not all oh, from the NIH. There was the but the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, where Fauci's the director of. That's what they were trying to make sure and cover up. Um, so let's let's keep going, because these get pretty funny. There's a lot of them that are pretty funny. There's an email also dated February 1st, 2020. Later yet in the day, this email is from Christian G. Anderson, a researcher at Scripps Research, to Dr. Fauci, and carbon copy to Jeremy Farrar, another researcher from Britain. The email says in part, quote, Some of the features potentially look engineered. Anderson goes on to say, I should mention that after discussions earlier today, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome of SARS-CoV-2 inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Fauci responds to that email. Thanks, Christian. Talk soon on the call. And then there's this email. So that's what I found (laughs) looking through a lot of the emails is when there's you know big information like this or suggestions or papers linked or whatever it happens a lot with hydroxychloroquine um, studies linked and stuff like that uh, dr fauci's response is just thanks talk soon it's uh either he gives them a stern phone call or it's just very dismissive uh, but there's no real response from him or no no substantive response yeah he just he's smart about it He's been doing this since uh, he killed everybody with the uh, AIDS medicine. So <laughs> you don't keep that yeah. position uh, saying dumb shit on your work email. Yeah. Drum up the fear and then sell them a cure. <laughs> but yeah, I like that, that they're like, oh, this is engineered. By the way, uh, my take on this is uh, even if this was engineered, it didn't do anything to anybody and it's fake. It's I mean, like not significantly. Thing. Yeah, no. Aaron, Aaron and I talked about this pre-show, and we diverge a little bit, but not entirely on like the, this whole premise. Like it, it could, like, plausibly have come out of the lab and just been like government just malfeasance and just like retardation, just like let letting this out on like the entire planet, just like out of like a bad experiment. But at the end of the day, I don't think it actually like was it. It still like didn't pose the threat that the media portrayed it as didn't do anything both, yeah <laughs> basically didn't do anything. it's a it's a flu season that's what it yeah. ultimately ended up being a flu like season a, yeah it's just like a modified like cold virus that got like a little out of hand but by the time like the gain of function uh research because because they modify it and by the time it replicates the cells replicate of the bacteria it like kind of reverts slowly over time back to its original state that is like one of like the properties of the gain of research function. And so uh, I think by the time it, it, it even hit America, like it wasn't severe enough to actually cause any extra or surmountable deaths uh, in regards to like the total death rate during those years. No, didn't do anything to the death rate. The death rate's exactly what was projected. Josh, nothing. Oh, no, I mean, uh, that, that, that all checks out. <laughs> yeah. You, you do i mean you're you're mostly the skeptic of the group here like is that <laughs> is that what you think do you think we're i, I think it's uh you think we're from, from from all the numbers and what what i'm familiar with uh yeah i think it's just a yeah a flu 2.0 would be an appropriate way to to refer to it um i, I think that there there is um a 
non insignificant number of increased deaths, but it's uh, what what can reasonably be attributed to coronavirus is just like a you know a second flu season, and the case numbers line up and actually coincidentally replace the the flu case numbers, and um, so like the the respiratory disease case numbers for this last you know year and a half are exactly the same as normal. Um, <laughs> almost down to the hundred thousand, like so. Is really <laughs> yeah, and the, the the increase in total. My, this is one of my favorite disingenuous things they did through this entire thing. Is they would take death numbers and compare it to like twenty seventeen for some reason, and then they just compare total deaths so that they could be like two hundred thousand extra people died, and it was like uh, two hundred extra two hundred thousand extra people were supposed to die. They were an aging population of boomers and an ever increasing total population. So a slight, slight yeah. increase on the percentage of people dying. And then also an increase in total population equals about 200,000 more deaths now than there were in 2017, but not because of some extra source because of regular shit. We, yeah, we do have a generation of obese boomers. So like, <laughs> I, yeah. I I wouldn't. <laughs> They're all riddled. With... If I were to, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So if I were to do the statistical analysis, uh, um, I would not be horribly surprised if it's within the margin of error. Uh, yeah, at that point, it, I think all, all of wait, all oh. of these old boomers are literally riddled with diabetes and heart disease, and like the fact that there's like a big jump in like total deaths from like one year to another, it, like it, it's not surprising like whatsoever. Because it's just like compounding on itself. What's that? Heart disease kills sixty-five to eighty-year-olds, huh? But, but not even <laughs> that. the The death rate, the total deaths, are going to go up for the next fifteen years. Yeah. Next year, uh, more people will die than the year before. Every year in America, until like twenty thirty-five, before it's projected to start going down, and that's because all the boomers will be dead, and no one else had kids, so you're not going to have uh, the death rate's going to start plummeting after that with like the last remnants of boomers dying it's just going to start plummeting and then it, it'll what are they going to pretend that we're the healthiest people of all time then they'll probably attribute it to some shitty vaccine in 2034 be like oh this is the one that makes you live forever see look at the death rate we've saved millions of lives a year like they're gonna say shit like that it's gonna oh, happen God. no that's a great idea that's so clever like if you can if you just look at the, the generation of baby boomers and one like or generation of uh you know the births 60 70 80 years ago and um to time up your your magical cure with when there are less people to die uh susceptible of dying yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what they're yeah. going to do when the death rate drops because there's no more baby boomers left they'll be like look what science accomplished <laughs> Not even that. You know what they're going to say? This Okay, I already figured out exactly what they're going to sell us in 2034. Aliens are going to give us a an elixir that helps us live longer, and it'll be alien technology that has been handed down to uh, probably a giant pharmaceutical company to make and then give to the people at, uh, at a small profit. And people will be like, oh, well, wow. And after after our big Area Fifty One episode last week, and you still believe in aliens? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tisk tisk. Let's keep if going. It wasn't with these for aliens. Amazing emails. If it wasn't for aliens, we wouldn't have insulin and uh, blood transfusions or blood dilation for your. Kidneys. That's probably how dumb the history books will get when we're. <laughs> is that the next like? 
so so we have the this is NASA technology, <laughs> uh, you know, branding for certain things. The the next step of that is going to be this is alien technology. Yeah, basically, Great. it's that stupid. It's gonna be. <laughs> Next, next clip here. Okay. And then there's yep. this email dated April 19th, 2020 from Peter Daschuk to Dr. Fauci. Daschuk, if you'll recall, is the epidemiologist who controlled an organization called EcoHealth Alliance, which received funding from Fauci's NIAID and promptly turned that funding over to the Chinese for what was likely gain-of-function research. Daschuk, if you'll also recall, was the lone American representative involved in the World Health Organization's probe, if you can even call it that, of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Daschuk has been adamant that... Wait. Wait a second. So... This was the guy laundering the money to the research that they weren't legally allowed to to do? Yes. (laughs) So he handed money over to a guy who then handed it to China for this... To this lab to do gain of function research, but he didn't. That's all they did was put a middleman in so that they can say they didn't fund it. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Not only that, the guy that did fund it was also the only American that was on the World Health Organization investigation team for finding out if the virus originated from the lab he was funding. And then Don't he worry. came up with it not originating from there. Wow, who would have thought? Aaron, we've they, inv- they don't have conflict of interest standards in China. Yeah, We've investigated ourselves and we found we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> literally. Thank you for submitting your complaint. <laughs> it's literally that stupid. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's honestly like the funniest shit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, everything's so rigged it's so rigged to the core <laughs> yeah this this guy even looks like he's never lost a game of monopoly in his life uh, well with that nose <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right let's we have a, a okay go on with with this clip yeah dashik has been adamant that there was no lab leak this entire past 15 months even calling it a conspiracy Anyway, on to the April 19th email, quote, Tony, as the PI of the RO1 grant publicly targeted by Fox News reporters at the presidential press briefing last night, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports natural origin for COVID-19 from bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Wait. next section of the email... He's thanking them for covering up the wait, crime wait, wait that they committed together. <laughs> isn't isn't the the par- part of the gain of function premise that um it, the virus would more easily transfer from bat to humans? In which case, like th- this is very much a deflecting and saying, oh, it didn't come from a uh, petri dish or a little lab sample. It uh it, it came when f- there's just another middleman scenario where it went from petri- the lab sample to bat. It, to it human. did go from bat to human. But it was only by a function of our research that enabled that ability to go. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is uh, suggested in these comments yeah, here. They're they're playing the um, uh, nitpicking game with their with what they're saying and but pushing. What it's really funny is he's talking about the grant that he's talking about is the grant that the NIAID or whatever gave the money to so that he could give it to the lab 
So he's saying thank you for dismissing these terrible rumors from this grant that you gave me the money to then give to this lab for dismissing that. And then there's a redacted part, which he explains the code for the redaction. Amazing. Go ahead and play that. The next section of the email is redacted. Specifically, it's a B7A redaction, which according to the FBI is, quote, records or information compiled for law enforcement purposes, but only to the extent that the production of such law enforcement records or information could reasonably be expected to interfere with enforcement proceedings. I'm sure that's not suspect at all. The final line of the email from Dashing states... So, I... I did not see that they portion marked the redactions. Okay, awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's an entire paragraph. <laughs> so that's being criminally investigated. Just Moving on. <laughs> that's basically all that said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So so what, what I'm hearing is that there is very important research that needs done and you know, in, in the world advanced science uh, beyond our, our wildest imaginations, but uh, some combination of uh, probably senators and uh, NIH directors has blocked, prevented this uh, necessary and important research from being done. So, so, so Fauci, the uh, vigilante hero he is, is uh, unfortunately forced to go through backdoor means to um, you know, help help these true scientists advance the science. Is is that is am I, am I evaluating the situation correctly? As much as I'd like to say that I appreciate your sarcasm, <laughs> I, but <God. laughs> I can't possibly spinning. say that without lying. But what? <laughs> <laughs> um, the funniest, uh, the, or what what it really says is uh, this part is actually something we don't want you to see. So we opened up a. Uh, an investigation through the FBI that will lead nowhere, and then no one will ever get to see this because it'll be this open-ended oh, investigation clever. for the next 40 years is really what that means, in my opinion. Basically. And yeah. It's like redacted for intelligence information later or something or whatever. Good classified. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So on and so on. Oh, well, totally. it's classified because it's a CIA scheme to diverge money into other research projects that we can't do ourselves. That's basically <laughs> what it is. I mean, we, we learned that the CIA is great at uh, you know, outsourcing and hiring other organizations to uh, do research for them. Yeah. If, the, you know, if, if it's not Silicon Valley, it might as well be the medical organization. Yeah, they're just doing their diversity quota because the CIA is woke now. <laughs> Wanted to hire some Chinese people. All right. You want to finish this clip? Yes. Yep, yep. The final line of the email from Dashik states, quote, From my perspective, your comments are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus's origins. Fauci responds to Dashuk's email, quote, Peter, many thanks for your kind note. Best regards, Tony. On the topic... Yeah, so just like a nice little parlay right there. Hey, thanks for covering up that crime we both committed together. <laughs> yeah, literally. Brave. Makes me want to clap. Yeah. Yeah, it's very brave of you to discredit the illegal grant money that you gave me to illegally give to this lab. What? It's fucking insane. <laughs> Alright, let's just jump into the next one here real quick. Topic of the masquerade. This email from Fauci is dated February 5th, 2020, replying to one Sylvia Burwell. Quote, 
The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. Another email from March 1st, 2020 from Eric Strauss at ABC News asks Fauci about a DHS projection of 98 million infections in the U.S. and 500,000 dead. Strauss wants to know if the projection is, quote, outlandish. Fauci responds, quote, that number seems exceptionally high. Then on March... <laughs> I mean, the, the case number is really high. I think we're uh, at a um, cited, what, like 45 million cases, something like that. Well, we, we, around a year, we're at like high 30s. Yeah, th that was projecting 100 million cases. Like what? Like, are you serious? I think well, I'm, okay, that might have been... That's probably because we're undercounting because we're not testing. We didn't test enough at the beginning. That might have been the same projection as the guy that predicted two million dead um, with lockdown. The British guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> way back in the day, the whole reason why everyone locked down in the first place was, was because this guy. He said the United States will suffer two million dead no matter what you do. Um, best case scenario, even you, even if you lock down, you're going to face two million dead. Yeah, didn't that guy though? For the, I don't even think that's that projection because that was only a half a million dead, and I think that guy's projection was like two million was best case scenario and upwards of like twenty million or like something absurd. Oh no, no, I think his prediction was like two million in the UK. Wasn't it something? Yeah, like that? I think it was oh. two million dead in the UK. It was like, something ridiculous. What? Whatever. It was a an outlandish number. Um, but but this this guy's number of uh, or ABC's number of five hundred thousand. It reflects pretty pretty perfectly uh, where we're sitting at in the U.S. right now. I think we're you know five hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have we? So this was that yet? Th this email wasn't. Oh no, that that wasn't the same email. I was looking at it. Um, February. Okay, so that's actually pretty early in like the scenario. Huh. Well, yeah, it's it's five hundred fifty thousand if you believe that we have record low deaths of every other medical cause in existence. And yeah. include gunshot. Well, wounds. it's not a record. It's just a dual dual causes of death for literally everything. Yeah, that's my favorite. Is that like, like how many people died of pneumonia? You add them all up, and it's like triple the amount of people that have actually died because they've just added every cause onto the death certificate. Like okay, the good old uh, car accident COVID double tap. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they did. And then the other one that everyone already knew. And they're like, the people sweat. How many arguments I got in a year ago where just the whole, like, uh, how you said, like, masks won't stop viruses because it'll just go right through them because they're really tiny. But the droplets, Aaron, the droplets. All he said, literally, he did mention the droplets in that email. The guy didn't cover that part, but he said, all that a mask would do is stop some of the gross droplets. But the droplets, you never suggest that they would spread. Like, you, it doesn't stop a virus from spreading. Like, it's retarded. Breaking it's, news. It's always been retarded. Droplets spread the virus. Yeah, exactly. Next clip. Yeah. It's exceptionally high. Then on March 2nd, Fauci responds to an email from Wall Street Journal columnist Sumathi Reddy asking for the mortality rate for COVID-19. He responds by saying, quote, For COVID-19, the mortality rate is approximately 2%. For seasonal influenza, it is approximately 0.1%. This would be a good time to remind you that on February 28th, just a few days before this email, 
Fauci wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine, quote, if one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases is several times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%, or a pandemic influenza similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than a disease similar to SARS or MERS, which have had case fatality rates of 9 to 10% and 36%, respectively. What changed in the few days between February 28th and March 2nd remains a mystery. We could. <laughs> so, out of Fauci's own mouth, he's basically saying that this was. The, the flu. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, it, it is a less deadly of virus, less deadly of disease. But then he changed it three days later. He said it's like three times deadlier than he even said three days before. He just switches what he says on any given day. And I mean, that statistic is definitely skewed by a, the reporting of it. Cause the second, like, a hospital is reporting, like, a COVID case, they were getting, like, 40 grand extra in, like, benefits from the government, basically. So it's like, oh, yeah. it, be it behooved every medical establishment to report COVID cases because they got 40000 it was, like, $39,000. I think 39000 was, was if they were on a ventilator. Was a ventilator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was still, like... It was still, like, a lot of money for e each patient they had yeah i want to like say it was like 13 something. grand for covid but if but it would be like four grand for pneumonia so yeah. they just no one got pneumonia anymore they only had covid <laughs> so it's like i mean isn't pneumonia like a, a symptom or like not a couldn't it be a symptom of um coronavirus no what happened was everyone started pointing out exactly oh, is actually an infection sorry what am i talking sorry, sorry yeah. go on i'm pneumonia is just like liquid in the in the lungs like fluid in the lungs, right? I, does it? Yeah. I, well, I think it, it might have to be infected too, but w whatever. Well, but what you're, what really happened is that everyone started pointing out that the hospitals were running this most ob obvious scam ever by being like kind of coerced to do it. Like you're being bribed to do the most obvious scam in the world. So then the news media gets out ahead of it and says, uh, hey, no, they just had both. You don't understand. They had pneumonia and COVID. Like that's all that would. Well, happen. but. But how how did the government know that hospitals would be so 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 susceptible to financial incentives? They they they've yeah. had such a good record in the past. No, yeah, they. I mean, they took an oath, so they obviously couldn't. You know, they took the Hippocratic oath, so they wouldn't do that. That's that's how we know that. They're Pretty sure that oath is like a it it has a vow of poverty included. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Want to keep going with these uh, awesome emails from uh, our hero, our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci? Let's do it. We'd go on the entire day with emails and commentary like this, but we'll finish with one more dated March 15th from one Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook. Zuck lays out in detail his admiration for Dr. Fauci, reveals his plans for a coronavirus information hub on Facebook, and asks Fauci if he'd like to be a part of it or a part of a Facebook-hosted expert Q&A. And then at the end of the email contains a redacted section under the category of FOIA exemption B4, which is, quote, trade secrets and commercial or financial information obtained from a person and privileged or confidential. Fauci responds to Zuckerberg in part saying, also, your idea about the redacted is very exciting. 
some answers, and a lot more questions. And- <laughs> yeah, Zuckerberg, what were you planning there? <laughs> yeah, what about this that was a financial or trade secret that Fauci was very excited, end quote, about? And then uh, he goes on with the rest of the email. He's like, oh, here's this contact information for this chick. She'll help you with everything you need to do in, or everything you need in order to, to uh, like, implement this redacted thing you talked about, which was, like, another paragraph long. It's such a shame that Zuckerberg worked so hard and tried, tried to get, um, tried to get ahead, of that, you know, ahead of everyone else with establishing a centralized authoritative uh, source of information but yet facebook a year later has a reputation of being a source a, a hub of disinformation what a tragedy yeah very tragic yeah wow josh <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> but you see what i mean about the redacted part it's like obviously anything that was juicy at all like the most juicy stuff that we didn't already know they just redact Oh, yeah, it's a financial or trade secret. You mean stealing? Was it just stealing, guys? Is that their trade secret? <laughs> it sounds like it's just stealing or some kind of scam. They redact all of the good shit, dude. They literally redacted out of the 9-11 papers who caused 9-11. It was... <laughs> it's like literally what the information like that everyone's looking for, right? This is the information we're looking for, and they redact it because, well, the government needs to know that, not you. Well, well, but it was just like a single redacted line, and you know, you could tell it's the exact same number of letters as Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate you, Josh. Do you guys want to? So now that you've read some of the highlights of the emails, uh, and you've listened to them at least, uh, do you want to uh, know what? CNN got out of this. Holy shit. Yeah, what did they get? Go on. Fauci's emails during the pandemic's early days were published. Here's what they show about him. This is amazing. Uh, so they found out that he's very overworked uh, and that he told people to not hesitate to call or email him, even though he was so overworked. Here's a quote from the from the article. Despite a plate already overflowing with a pandemic raging out of control, Fauci found the time to respond to notes of support and questions for medical advice, even when they came from complete strangers. When someone reached out on March 4th with a question on whether pneumonia vaccines could provide some protection against severe COVID-19... Fauci responded in detail about an hour later. Oh my god, the person wrote back, according to the emails published by BuzzFeed. I honestly never expected you to reply, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so generous. <laughs> Wait, so could no money vaccines help? Wow, uh, they found <laughs> they found the single email that made him look good. <laughs> <laughs> and they spun it in like the exact same way that would make him look good. I mean, it's it's a Holy it's a ton fuck. of business emails. So it's just like a bunch of you know g- general courtesies and interactions. There's yeah, like th- there's some suspicious stuff in there, but a lot of it's very Got mundane. It. There's over three thousand emails here. CNN is not a big crew of people that can only have so many people rem- 
rummaging through and finding out all like who emailed them, when they emailed them, who they are, their credentials, what they knew, what Fauci knew. That's just they can't get to all that. But this is a, a good heartwarming story about our hero. You guys, you don't even this understand. Is, this is just sorry. You don't even understand. He also was he would not let the truth be muzzled. He would not be muzzled when trying to speak the truth. I, I saw that email. They learned this too. The veteran doctor earned scores of supporters and detractors as he held firm against that an at times overly optimistic Trump who frequently sought to downplay the severity of the pandemic. Fauci and Trump disagreed on how to approach the pandemic, what the correct message was for the American people, and how to balance reopening with preventing further contagion. Through it all, Trump insisted he respected Fauci, but disagreed with his approach. At their relationship low point, Trump suggested he was considering firing him. Attacks from Trump's allies led to enhanced security. In August, Fauci told CNN's Sanjay Gupta he had to get security protection after his family received death threats and harassment. And then, uh... So there's no emails related to this topic that they're bringing up. Oh, the, the death threats? Or the well, security? no. After March 1st, an email from a psychologist expressing concern about whether Fauci was being censored, he responded, I can assure you that I am not being censored. Oh. And, yeah, no, I, I, found the, I found the one where he said muzzled, too, where um, somebody was saying it, uh, it's, it's been suggested, or people reporting that the White House is uh, muzzling you, and he pretty much responded, yeah, I can assure you I'm, I'm not. I have these interviews lined up, blah, blah, blah. So um, why did, didn't yeah. CNN lead with people email them with concerns about being suppressed by the Trump White House, and he flatly rejected these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like In his own personal email, it, it, with without an audience to, to sway or anything like that, he said it in his own personal confidence that he was not being suppressed. Did, that, did, did CNN point that out? What's going on? What is happening here? Well, when I say the people reporting that CNN, or that, uh, Fauci was being muzzled. I'm referring to CNN. So um, they couldn't possibly uh, uh, disavow their previous reports. Thank God someone that was killing the country wasn't muzzled. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So what, what <laughs> CNN learned from these, nothing about the grant money that somehow made its way over to illegal research in China. Not that. What they learned is that Fauci's really overworked, was hanging in there, and he refuses to be muzzled. Between so these these three thousand emails are just between um, I think February and June of last year, or something like that. Between all these email responses, and, and CNN is right where a lot of his he does have a lot of um, actual like real responses and thought out responses to to some of these emails. Between that and his TV appearances. This man did not do a single minute of work last year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think someone pointed that out between all of his like TV appearances and podcasts and radio show appearances and like how much he was responding to just like generic emails and shit like that. It's like, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. No, a lot of not, generic emails. Yeah. He did not read any of this stuff. Like the things like he, he was not making decisions. He didn't. He was not informed enough to be making these decisions. Like. No, right? he's not. He has nothing. He's not even like he has no business. Just like the guy that created the PCR test said, he doesn't know anything about anything. 
He thinks exactly. that you can look at yeah. a drop of somebody's blood and tell if they have a disease. And he's well, like, that's not how it fucking works. So I, I also had, in, um, I had clips that were set out for last week's episode, but that ran a little long. But um, I have these clips, and this guy talks about treatment of COVID-19. And it, what's seriously funny about the, this huge email chain is that Fauci this whole time never inquired throughout all of these emails, 30,000 emails. He never inquired about a treatment. Doctors, they, they noted in, in all of these um, people that are scamming through or uh, scanning through all of these emails, they're noting that plenty of people emailed Dr. Fauci about treatments and studies for treatments that have worked time and time again. And there is no response from him whatsoever regarding these things. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I, I did some uh, control off searches through um, through all the emails for uh, hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir and, and just the word treatment and stuff like that. And um, of course, a lot of this was early on. Uh, again, these emails, I think, span through um, May or June of last year. So a, a lot of the emails are saying, oh, the remdesivir clinical trials are in process or the hydroxychloroquine clinical trials are in progress. Um, so but but also a lot of the emails where um, you know, doctors are sending him uh, these these papers and um, studies that are uh, demonstrating an effect or a positive effect or the the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine or um or other treatment plans. Uh, he pretty much just has the um, thanks uh, talk soon generic dismissive response to to all of that. Yes. Yeah, it's hilarious. It, it, it's actually like, forwards it to a secretary, and there's there's nothing more. It's it's one of the subtle things that you have to pick up with these emails because it's just there's preventative treatment, there's treatment, there's all, all these things, but no one ever talked about treatment. And the yes. only treatment that was ever brought up was hydroxychloroquine, which is bad. It's been on the market for 50 years, but it's super bad. You shouldn't take it at all. It'll give you heart palpitations, all these other things. And then remdesivir came out and then remdesivir ended up not doing anything basically because that was a new product coming out of like I think Pfizer or Moderna or something like that. And they pushed that really hard and it ended up not helping. It it, it was like a statistically insignificant um, thing <coughs> for early COVID treatment. So we have this doctor that was interviewed about his research. So I'm going to play this one here. second before you play that. Uh, yeah. You forgot about the most important statistic, though, of remdesivir. It wasn't insignificant. It cost way more than hydroxychloroquine. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the most uh, important I also, statistic. I also want to read a line from an email before we get to that, where um, the, uh, this this guy, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, who's um, what is a uh, chair of the Department of Medical Ethics and Health Policy at Levy University, had emailed Dr. Fauci, and he, he had a line that was... Uh, my, my uh, referring to remdesivir, my reading was the data uh, were weak and in normal times for normal disease, uh, it is not enough to approve and very unlikely to really impact COVID-19 disease pattern, regardless of supply issues. Just a, a side comment on uh, remdesivir. Oh, geez, that's great. <laughs> and they push it so a hard. a bunch of credentials. Yeah. So, yep, 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 yep. Well, when I published the first paper in the American Journal of Medicine, taught doctors how to treat COVID-19. Now, it could have been somebody else. If Dr. Zelenko had the publication power, he could have done it, or Dr. Proctor could have done it, or Dr. Didier Rialt could have done it, or Brian Freed, uh, Brian Tyson, or George Freed. It turned out that I was the p person 
who had sufficient academic authority to do this. Okay, and I have authority. I take complete responsibility for doing this. I did it uniquely, the only person in the world to do this. Others actually may have been trying, and those papers may have been suppressed by editors. They probably were because we found suppression of early treatment literature all over. It became impossible to publish papers. It was really hard. I may have just been the strongest and the most courageous doctor in the world to do that, but I did it. And the feedback I was getting was tremendous. It's like, of course, this makes sense. I'm so glad this this got into the the, the literature. It came out in electronic print in um, uh, August, and then it came into hard print in January. When it hit January and it landed in all the medical libraries in the world, that's when things really heated up. And I do have to tell you that I got letters to the editor that came into the American Journal of Medicine, and Joe, Dr. Joe Alpert out of uh, Arizona is the editor. Joe has let every one of those letters come to me for a response. The tenor of the letters is quite interesting, and they've come from Duke University. Uh, they've come from uh, McGill, from Monash University in Australia. They've come from uh, Brazil. The tenor of the letters is, Dr. McCullough, you can't do this. You can't treat COVID-19 patients. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a line right there. <laughs> that's, They're beyond hope. <laughs> that's a little insane, right? That it, out, of, out of everything that's come out in COVID, this huge per- push for vaccines, Dr. Fauci fucking playing um, shield for the the money launderer that he was giving money to to fund like research that he wasn't supposed to and then like this this concerted effort which, which is where did this come from right where did this effort come from globally right you have institutes to, to just it, prevent treatment plans the, you mean these are institutions at a global level Oh, dude, we already went over that, though. Honestly, it's just that those institutions are controlled and get the majority of their grant money from the largest lobbying power in the entire world, which is pharmaceuticals. (laughs) It's literally, it's that simple. So the people that are heads of these are, they'll, of course, rail against anything that goes against that line of thinking because they have to in order to get their grant money. If you think that there is a conspiracy or if you think a conspiracy for the pharmaceutical companies to to crack down on treatment and focus on vaccines to make a profit, if you think that idea is fucking insane, just, okay, listen to this clip right here. COVID-19 is cold corona. I mentioned it with colchicine. Shockingly, cold corona, the best trial 4,000 patients, double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trial, the best quality that exists, rejected by New England Journal of Medicine, rejected by JAMA, rejected by Lancet. There is a global suppression on any early treatment. I want the listeners to understand how global this is. If we were to go north into Canada, doctors are threatened that their licenses will be examined or take away if they attempt to treat an outpatient with COVID-19. They are told this. In Canada, um, in uh, northern EU, the same is true. Dr. Didier Rialt, uh, who is trying to innovate with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin in France in period times, has been under 
degrees of uh, threat of arrest or partial arrest or house arrest, okay, almost as if we're back in the uh, dark ages. In Australia, in April, they put on the books in Queensland, Australia, a doctor who tries to help a patient with hydroxychloroquine could be penalized up until the point of going into jail for six months for helping. In South Africa, they put some doctors in jail for trying to help patients with ivermectin. How fucking... Do you think it's crazy? Do you think it's crazy that there's like this like global initiative to make everyone sick? <laughs> well, well, Bob, if if the pharmaceutical companies were such great lobbyists, obviously they would have had Congress pass a plan for uh, that then involved funding for treatment plans as well, because the pharmaceutical companies are making the treatment plans as well, and. You know, there's definitely not a factor like a generic brand and uh, very cheap um, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that would uh, possibly make that less profitable than the vaccines, right? Yeah, when a treatment costs 50 cents a day for treatment over like a three-day treatment process, yeah, they're going to kind of flip their shit when they can't make any money off of anything. (laughs) That's best case scenario. That, by the way, oh, like if yeah. it's just yeah. a money scam, that's best case scenario. Yes. Uh, but with the vaccine, I think it's a whole nother level, a whole nother level. Which this doctor also brings up, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Go on>. perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one's like th- this one's actually terrifying uh, when you get through it. Before a vaccine has ever been injected into a pregnant woman, it's probably been tested for decades before we try it in a pregnant woman. We would never out of the box take a brand new technology that's never been tested before, ever. And we know that the tech vaccine technology produces the dangerous spike protein. It produces the Wuhan spike protein, the spicule on the ball of the virus itself, which damages blood vessels and causes blood clotting. And all of them do. We would never unleash that into a pregnant woman's body. Americans have to understand something is very wrong what's going on. What's going on now in the world, these are examples, are clear-cut examples of wrongdoing that is at such a high level. The group think is in the wrong direction in such a consistent and overwhelming way that people are being harmed in, in, in an extraordinary fashion. I think we did play that last week, but that's a <laughs> excellently disturbing clip. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, can I just tie this into like just conspiracies as a, in general? Yeah, go like, ahead, Aaron. Please, you're gonna okay. So we're seeing in real time. You're you're actually seeing in real time that the world is controlled by one centralized group, like conglomerate of powerful individuals, basically. Yeah, there's a conglomerate of, like, cosmopolitan elites that have no ties to country or, like, that's, that or they virtue, run, that run the or world. Or morality. Or virtue or morality. And the shit that we <laughs> well, talk about. Aaron, Aaron, I can't believe you would suggest that our, that, that the, the aliens inhabiting these UFOs would possibly in any way be coercing uh, human leaders, human politicians into this sort of behavior. Not UFOs. Don't Josh, we're, he's, we're trying to make a point here right now. <laughs> you know, he's trying to distract us with alien bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That's, isn't that the point of the aliens? To distract us from real points? Yes, now fuck yeah. off. <laughs> what are you, a fucking agent? 
God damn. So, what? Basically, if if you can't see that by now, like you're you're you probably already got the shot, and you're probably retarded. Like if you can't tell that this is it's like a centralized power source that does not know the bounds of country, uh, you're a complete retard. Like there's nothing. There's no hope for you. You won't ever understand anything. Just do whatever until the food lines start and and you starve to death. Just do your thing. But for the rest of you that can see that now, uh, it gives a kind of a really good answer for when they're like, but why didn't the Russians call us out on the moon landing? Or, oh, gee, these this 1976 uh, UN uh, population control thing that like 180 countries signed off on. Uh, maybe that's actually real and that's happening now. You know, they said they're going to do it. Eventually they're going to. Just so you know, like... And just it, like they said they would balkanize the Middle East, just like they said that 9-11 would happen. <laughs> just exactly. like they said the, the pandemic would happen. Just like they said everything would ever happen. Jesus Christ. It, they, oh, I got a lot of Nostradamuses in 20th century. Well, I said this in a really old episode because it's fucking true. This is how they operate for some reason. And I, I don't know if this is the exact reason, but it, it follows this logic. But there's like this universal law of like karma that basically you have to tell people what you're going to do to them before you do it to them. And then you're it's OK to do it. And like, that's how <laughs> that's how they operate. No, literally, like I'm being dead well, no, ass it's, serious. It's literally no, it's, it's a Greek tragedy where you have the chorus at the beginning, like uh, tell you what's going to happen at the end and tell you the, the, the horrible, tragic thing and the. the uh, you know what? What's his Oedipus Rex is going to die and be exiled and all that shit. And then you just have to kind of go through the story and watch it unfold, and everything horrible actually happen. Yeah, except it's like if you're Oedipus, they sing the song to you at the start, and you still fuck your mom. Like that's <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's what all, that's what I'm saying. That's how it works. That, that's what they do. Like he he goes sees the, the Oracle Delphi or whatever, and <laughs> I'm glad you pulled that together. Him that's gonna Aaron. happen. <laughs> yes because i was like yeah yes. like that that's the scenario that's that's currently happening with their ideology with with how they tell you and uh they, they also do this with like the numerology right aaron I, the numerology though you oh, can the- make so <laughs> many connections with shit but they do like to put in their certain numbers on everything it's like yeah with the numerology it's too there's too many stupid numbers that you can kind of make false connections too easily so it makes me not care about it but when they do like something and everything in it is 666 it's like come on or 33 like, yeah yeah like, real yeah. obvious ones uh he had a nine-year-old and 11 year old that died in the shooting wink wink you know like they do that shit all the time i don't know we we do have both 666 and 0911 in our voicemail line so we're ones to talk <laughs> yeah because we're mocking them <laughs> it's, it's ironic Funny. bob oh did you not get it <laughs> i didn't get that memo no <laughs> <laughs> so like th- it's just it's sad to see like so many people that are like no it's real and it's like i can show you the sentence where they say that their plan is to kill you and they and people are like that's crazy it's like bitch they fucking signed off on it the same people what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing you can do to get through to them. It's like there's a bunch of walking dead around. 
It's crazy. I love I love telling people. It's like you guys remember the video that um uh of the TED Talk of Bill Gates when he talked about population reduction, right? <laughs> like he explicitly stated that he wants to reduce the world's population with vaccination. Guys- yeah. <laughs> the thing he's pushing right now. And then people go, he didn't mean that. Yeah, what? No, he, he meant family family planning in Africa because they don't know things about family planning. Gosh, I will throw you off a bridge. <laughs> I, I think that's supposed to be the official explanation, right? Yeah, it's it's not one that's in reasonably viable. Like, what what kind of retard would be like? Oh yeah, Africans don't have family planning. That's why they are having twelve kids and like four of them survive because of family planning. Yeah, if only they they, they had the slow slow release remote controlled uh, birth control hormone. Well, then what what's the uh, what's the dude that Gaddafi? Because the other reason that four out of twelve of their kids survive is because they get a guy like Gaddafi in who uh, decides he's going to make an African centralized bank, and then uh, and he's building a giant uh, aquifer and irrigation system. And so you fast forward six months, and he's getting uh, stabbed to death by via asshole stab wounds like that's um, what happens i did not know that about Gaddafi. i think can we do oh that yeah he was probably awesome yeah he was a really awesome and actually really good for his people in, in oh a lot dude of ways. i'm totally down to to do that for an episode holy shit oh yeah <laughs> not, not that he I love destabilized africa okay i won't say awesome because he's still like uh you know probably had to murder like <laughs> scores of people to get in the position he was in but like no, but if he had a grand plan for africa to become like a modern yeah, like continent then like holy shit no wonder they fucking brutalized <laughs> brutally murdered him water like <laughs> oh yeah 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 water and access to finances are like two two of the big uh yeah talking or two of the big points of what has held Africa's, you know, a, a continent back. Imagine like the Congo being like, we fully support all uh, Bitcoin miners and Bitcoin transactions coming through our country. <laughs> it's like, we'd start bombing them so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it really is a global group though, that controls the world. And if you don't see it at this point, you're, you're out of your mind. And they're, They've already said they're going to kill you. Like, well, that's another that will also have to be another episode. Is we'll do the UN talking about population control. We'll just do population control where they talk about how they're going to kill people and reduce the population throughout history because they do it. They've they've done it. They've been telling us this for seventy fucking years, if not more. Is that a part of the guidestone? Aaron, yeah, I think it is. Uh, Georgia Guidestones but- is in that too. Um, oh, not the guys. It's the other ones. That's it. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I I think there's one major hole in your conspiracy. Oh, really? What's federal that? worker f- federal workers are all super incompetent. They couldn't kill me if they tried. Well, you still have to choose it. Um, that's part of it. You have to choose the. You have to choose death. They still have a choice, and they still have a right to vote. Unfortunately, <laughs> all it takes is enough propaganda to get them to choose the. The wrong thing basically so. you, honestly what you said is not is not that crazy though i mean they are oh yeah the these schemers are uh their schemes don't always work out that's why it takes forever for them to happen and anything any kind of like public awareness can just ruin it like and there's a lot of pu- i've 
I honestly, I kind of feel like their scheme is kind of falling apart now. Because they, they make it seem like 90% of people are on board with this. And in some of the more, like, indoctrinated areas, it does seem like that. But for the most part, I would say most people are kind of on to this now. Where it used to be 5% of people would be looking into this, it's like 30% now. Well, it, I think that the average number of people that buy into these scams also is increasing. Especially with like the cicada, um, the eating the cicadas kind of narrative that's been per, like going around like common media these days. It's like wait, but my chef friend told me they taste great. They were they were tossing around ideas of eating bugs like a few years ago, being like we should replace beef protein with bugs, and then it's like all of a sudden it's like we have cicada recipes coming on like Food Network now and like CNN hosting it, well, like okay. cicada festivals. Cicadas are a special. Oh, Jesus that's a special Christ. event thing. So it's once every seventeen years for uh, this part of the country. Yeah, but um, that that's still they're horrible. That was the, but why God, are we were just like landing them? Oh. Why are we focusing on eating them this cycle? <laughs> like <laughs> they want you to eat the bugs, dude. It's just like a way to bully you. It's like a humiliation <laughs> yeah. ritual. Like, I'm not even is, kidding. Like it's literally a, that. It's literally a delicacy in like the bug bug cuisine like world. I guess. And Only because like it's rarer. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. Apparently, apparently, if you get the ones that uh, haven't molted or grown their wings yet, um, they they taste like a sweeter shrimp. And uh, yeah, my chef friend is telling me that they make for um, good dumplings. Hey, Josh, uh, go go eat a couple of them and tell us how it, how it turns out. I wish I had a mute. Oh no, those things are fucking gross, man. I wish I could just mute Josh <laughs> every now and again. Just like stop. I just want him to stop. <laughs> Let me just. Sh- Short circuit you real quick. <laughs> so, so I, I think with the uh, with with what Aaron was saying, where how, how many people buy into um, you know buy to the mainstream narrative and what's going on in the world and all of that. There's the last year, unfortunately, we've had the issue of people being stuck in their homes and on the internet. And I, I uh, heard a really good argument recently for um, that the internet doesn't well i mean effectively just saying the internet doesn't represent reality when you're on twitter when you're on the internet when you're hearing these things said when you're seeing the amount of uh you know engagement discourse whatever the algorithm pops up in your face that's not what people actually think that's not what like it's not the 90 95 percent of the people following the mainstream narrative and but uh that's what we've been stuck seeing the last year uh yeah it's an illusion it's not without yeah, yeah that's the thing but like the illusion's kind of been upfront and personal especially the last year but they make you it make it seem like, you know, it's one way when it's not They're like however the media is portraying it. You just know that you can't believe that you've kind of got to get a feel for it by talking to people um, because they, they're going to show you the thing that will depress you the most, regardless of it's true. It doesn't have to be true. They just want you reacting with a fear, anger, depression, whatever one they can get you with. They're going to get you with that. And that what they're showing you is all fake. Like, it's all a fucking illusion. It's all, it's the Wizard of Oz, literally. <laughs> Got a man pulling levers behind a curtain. Love literally, it. like a, like a tiny hunchback grabbler just pulling fucking strings behind a curtain. Like, that's all it is. It's, uh, it's just so annoying. It's so stupid. Like, I, that's why I don't believe, I know what their schemes are. I don't believe that a lot of them will get to come to fruition. I, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if they are expecting this vaccine to kill everybody in a year, 
And it doesn't kill, like, kills, like, 1% of the people they expected it to. And they're like, oh, damn it. Oh, no, <laughs> we like fucked up again. Yeah, it, like, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they're all, like, in there wringing their hands. Like, yes, we're finally going to get it down to 500 million, like the Georgia Guidestones that we put up. Aren't we so cool? And, like, like 100,000 people die instead of, like, uh, you know, seven or 5 billion. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, just the goal of making the general population slightly unhealthier increases their revenue by like a significant amount, though. Like that that's the ratio game that they are playing at this stage of the game. They're like, OK, if we can get like one percent more of the American population diabetic, then we can earn this much more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. That That is true. But you know what? Because I, I, I've been thinking about that. There's a whole bunch of these scams that have to do with financial gain. But, like, that's, like, the tier two, like, scumbags. Uh, there, There's, like, a tier. That's, like, the Bill Gates and stuff. Like, there's people, like, he has bosses that you don't know about. And he might not even know exactly who they are. Like, uh, how they propagate their schemes is through greed. And so, like, their lieutenants that are, like, the heads of certain corporations and shit that are propagating these scams for everybody, like, for everybody to take part in, that's, that's like, a, the tier two of the evil guys. Yes. I, I think there is a more overarching goal uh, for, like, the, the whole situation here. But they There's do like, move everything is. with being, like, well, we're doing this very evil thing. But we're also making a buttload of money off of it. So go ahead and join us in that endeavor. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, a, like, it's like when all these point. universities jump in yeah. and are like, you can't treat this. It's like uh, they're not in some evil Illuminati meeting going like, oh, that would be perfect to kill everybody. They're like, oh, fuck, uh, there's an opportunity for us to try to get $2 million in grant money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation if we attack this guy and show what a good boy we are. Like, that's... <laughs> That's all that is, and it's just completely motivated by sin. It's just greed. An Ivy League school sending you an email being like, you shouldn't be researching this. This is this is harmful to the country to, to come up with treatments to COVID. An entire yeah. insti- insti- institution. Oh, my God. No, that, that, that's it, too. I was listening to uh, the uh, Brett Weinstein's podcast this morning, um, and he had on some doctor uh, a bunch of credentials at the top of some field. Whatever, whatever. But um, they, they were talking about ivermectin as a, a treatment and uh, kind of the, the whole you know treatment of disease and virus-based diseases to begin with. And especially with, with uh, yeah, COVID-19, they just ignored the whole um, treatment side of it and actually trying to save lives for the first you know year of, of the pandemic of the virus. And that it, it makes it, it baffles my mind that like for for things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which are uh, very long established, very well understood, uh, very low risk um, treatment plans that they wouldn't even try them. This should be the last year. There should have been an unprecedented number of of journal papers for new treatment plans and for for research of the virus published and that journals are blocking uh, the. the you know, well, the good methodology papers is unbelievable. It's 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 ridiculous. It's it's another reminder that the, the the quote unquote they don't care about saving lives. No, they care about their grant money that they're trying to get. And they know how to get it. 
Like, that's how these institutions have stayed in business since, uh, I don't know, Rockefeller took over them in, uh, you know, 90 years ago. Oh, my God. Are are you saying that this is tying back to one of our previous episodes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everyone goes to episode 38? The universities 39? that support, survived and got the most money and 40, prestige. 40, 49, excuse me. That, yeah. The ones with the most money and prestige were the ones that towed the line. It's all motivated by greed. That's it. And, and I, I don't want to understand. Uh, I, I haven't even gotten to mention this, really. Despite all of this, the the virus doesn't has never been proven to even exist. Even this bullshit with these emails is smoke and mirrors. Because you know what the number one treatment for it is? Not believing in it. Still, 100% unaffected by fucking coronavirus. Everyone well, that doesn't believe in it. Well, uh. To the more skeptical people out there, I'd say uh, it's not not believing in it. It's uh, ignoring the lockdown measures. <coughs> Going outside and getting vitamin D has been very beneficial. <laughs> Sounds like it. Jesus. <laughs> As Bob tells us what's beneficial, what's, he's uh, there fucking what's choking the last time you've been outside, <laughs> Wow, none of you guys picked that up. None of you guys could just keep running with that. Thanks no, you were in the middle cabbage. of di- having a fucking seizure <laughs> on the air. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, <laughs> you want all that dead <laughs> air, man. Sorry about that. But yeah, no, it's just so, being uh, a normal person, and it doesn't affect you. So, like, it it doesn't uh, exist, and let's just say if it exists, and that's a big fucking if, it doesn't do anything to you. Stop being such a gay and just go outside and ignore all of this. Don't listen to these psychos. You probably wouldn't have gotten sick if you A, went outside and got sunlight, and B, didn't cover your face with a mask and started uh, re-inhaling all of your exhaust. Your own your- waste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. So, okay. I think we've so as- ran that home. Josh, you have anything else to say? Yep. I just say, as, as we close this out, it so- sounds like Aaron's uh, solution or response to the whole situation is... You know, ignore what's being told to us and just live your life like a regular person. Um, yes, Bob. What's what? What's your response? What's how do you live in this uh, absurdist world? How, how do you go on from from everything we discussed this evening? I ignore the fuck out of it, just like Aaron does. <laughs> it's like I'm not worried about this at all. I go outside all the time. I'm getting sunlight. I'm interacting with people all the time. I don't. I, I said at the beginning of the podcast that I go to the grocery store with a mask, but during work, I don't wear one. When I'm going about the day-to-day tasks, I don't wear one. Like, just ignore that shit. Live your life as a normal, healthy human being. Get exercise. See sunlight. That's it. That's all you have to do, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Cool. Josh, yeah, you don't. my answer is uh, I'm still coming up with my marketing scheme to um, market healthy foods. Uh so that people don't die. <sighs> so pasta, pizza, <laughs> and bread. Eat all that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Scott Pilgrim taught me anything. Bread makes you fat. So this week, and with that, this has been episode. <laughs> yeah, this Sorry. week in science. <laughs> we it on. Yeah. Let, oh yes, yes. Yeah, I got it up here. Oh, you found one. You found it this week in science. Oh, this is great. Good. This is all this research money that we're spending in science. Is it peer reviewed? It's peer reviewed. <laughs> it's sciencenews.org. Even hard to kill tardigrades. Is that it? Yeah, it's uh, tardigrades. Uh, it, it, it's okay. um. 
they, they appear in Star Trek, I think. Okay. They can't what? always survive being shot out of a gun. <laughs> they shot what? tardigrades out of a gun? Yeah. And you've watched Star Trek. What are tardigrades? <laughs> Dude, I'm still pretty sure that that's what I dip my fish fry in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like microscopic organisms basically and science like found out about them with like electron microscopes and they're like they're actually just like, these very tiny like animals and do they uh, actually look like that can you see their fingers yeah uh i'm, I'm not sure I, I don't know if that's like a rendered image or not um, are they the things that, that, that they, they rendered image but do yeah. they actually look like that are they the things that israel claimed they dropped on the moon uh, what? Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure, but he, here's one of like the the small headlines here under the image: tardigrades can take a lot, starvation, dehydration, radiation, high heat, freezing cold. But one thing that they can't withstand is headlong collisions at nearly 1,000 meters per second. <laughs> who uh, who who funded this study? What is the purpose of this study of trying to kill tardigrades? Are they like a threat to us or something? No, actually, I, I think their whole the, the whole idea was to send these things to um, another planet. They're like, well, if they can survive, it's like an invasive species, so we can kill the other planet. I don't know about kill, but populate maybe with like bio uh, material, right? I think the second God like you get, it. yeah, that that's like the whole goal to it. But they're sitting there like, okay, well maybe we can shoot them out of a gun to like land them on there. Like, no, that's not gonna work. We're paying scientists to figure out if we can shoot these things. <laughs> they're so, this is so stupid. Yeah. They're not sending any tardigrades to fucking other planets. We can't even send ourselves to other planets. So Whoa, stupid. Didn't you hear we're going to Venus. Yeah. Now we're gonna fake go to Venus. Oh my god. I can't wait for that. $12 billion one picture, one grainy photograph of Venus. Don't worry, we could videotape how fast the tardigrades get to evaporate in their atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Except on, again, Aaron. you know why they're going to Venus now? Is because they're gonna they can now say that the cameras can't work there. And then they don't even have to take the one shitty picture and like accidentally take a picture of a fucking lemming. Out in uh, the art, uh, out in Greenland, where they pretend Mars is, when they pretend they're on Mars, so then they'll just be like, "Yeah, we made it." Uh, yeah, the cameras don't work there, though. The atmosphere is fucked. <laughs> All right, that, yeah, that was only uh, that was only six billion dollars. Don't worry about it. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that at all because uh, Event Horizon, the movie, had such great cinematics out there on the horizon of that planet. Oh God, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, that's the episode. Fauci emails. Uh, God, that guy sucks. That's that's my conclusion to this. This is episode fifty-two of Okay, hear me out. Thank you for listening. You've got mail. What the fuck?